0: This episode is brought to you by my new Consult Like a Boss Accelerator. In this program, you'll implement a framework that will turn your corporate expertise into a consulting business. If you're a new or aspiring consultant who wants to go from no leads to paying clients, go to bit.ly forward slash join consult like a boss to learn more and join today. Seats are limited for this round, so act fast.
1: I got where I'm at because I was putting myself out there before I started calling myself the slayer of the mic. I was telling people, I'm what your event needs. Bar mitzvah, christening, birthday, gala, corporate. You need me. Otherwise your event's going to be flop. That's a pretty audacious statement to make. And that's what works for me. So for those of you who are listening, who know you have a story, who know you have an idea, who know who thinks they have the potential, what are you doing to convince people that you are worthy of their coins? What are you doing? And if you're just waiting for someone to come and find you, good luck with that because there's going to be six other people ahead of you who are hungry enough to go out there and declare find what your event needs. And in meanwhile, while you're waiting, they're succeeding. So get up, start talking and declare that you are the person that people need to listen to.
0: Hi, scriptors. It's your host, Sewa Ajay Pele, and welcome to episode 109 of the She's Off Script podcast. This is a show where we hear and learn from women who've created unique blueprints for success. My hope is that you'll hear their stories and translate their gems into a unique path for yourself. In today's episode, we meet speaker, coach, and educator, Jam Gamble. Jam accidentally pitched herself for a TV show that she ended up hosting for six seasons. Today, she's not only invited to speak at conferences, but also coaches others on how to find their voice and slay the mic program. If you've ever wanted to get more comfortable with sharing your story and speaking publicly, get out your notebook because Coach Jam dropped some gems all over this episode. Before we hear the rest of Jam's story, I would love it if you could subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes. This will help to spread the word about our podcast so amazing stories like jams can continue to inspire women looking to launch their own off-script journeys. With that, let's go off-script with speaker and creator of the Slay the Mic program, Jam Gamble. Jam Gamble, welcome to She's Off-Script. How are you today?
1: I'm so tired, but I'm happy
0: to be here. Oh, I'm excited to have you. Tired or not, I know you're about to drop these gems. Yeah. Yeah. So for anyone who hasn't heard of you in our audience, could you share who you are and what you do? It's funny. My Libra side was about to say, how have you not heard about me? (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Let
1: them know. (laughs) Hello. Hi. um, I'm Jam. So yeah. Oh, goodness. Who am I? I am Jam. Jam I am. Um, My official job title that I gave myself about four years ago is a connector of people, ideas and energy because everything that I do in life revolves around those three things. Um, mm. It took me a while to reach that point of having it kind of neatly packaged because I was someone who did so many things that I was struggling to find the common thread. And I felt that I had to like make sense of things. And when I realized that everything I do revolves around those three things, yeah, that's who I am. So I'm a speaker, an educator, a coach, a French fry connoisseur, and a shopaholic.
0: Ooh, I like the shopaholic part. What are you shopping for these days?
1: Um, Basically anything. So like I, clothes is my weakness, but when I come home, like on a Friday, I tell my husband, hi, I'm going back out. I'm going to go buy things I probably don't need. I don't want to hear nothing. Secret. <laughs> and that's it, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, that's like the common theme we always see. People are like, I just want the UPS guy from Amazon to get here before my husband does. I don't care. Uh, They can come when he's here. (laughs) I just mean, some people drink, some people smoke. I shop and I look good. I'm benefiting the world. You claim it. You claim it. You know, I actually first came across you when Amy Potterfield shared the mic with you on her Instagram. Oh,
1: that's where you found
0: me. Yes. So how did that even come about? Racism. I do have questions about that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: let's just let's just be real here. Homegirl a- Home Amy would not have known me if it wasn't for racism. Um, so what happened was Amy was watching a live that I was doing with another one of my friends. And we were talking about say the mic and finding your voice and all that jazz. So I'm watching the chat and I see a blue check. And I'm like, Amy Porterfield has entered this live. Wake it ask me if I knew Amy before then. No, I didn't. Like, I think I heard about her, but I wasn't a part of like the, the team Amy clan or anything, mm-hmm. Right. Cause I don't actually follow a lot of these coaches. I just do my own thing. But anyways, long story short, she asked a question and her question was, how do I get over blank stares? So like, if I'm speaking at an event and the audience is just kind of looking at me blankly, like, how do I get over that? And I point blank told her, check your ego. <laughs> I said, mm. check your ego. I go, Amy, I don't know who you are, but you're not that special. Meaning you don't know how people are feeling in the morning or whatever time when they're coming to hear you talk. You don't know if they had a fight with their partner in the morning. You don't know if they're you know worried about their health or something and they're coming in they're, They may be physically present, but they're not entirely present. So for you to look at those people and think, how do I change them? Check your ego. And then she reposted or something in her in Instagram. And I told her, holla at me when you're ready to slay the mic.
0: Ooh. Way to just be you and let that shine for yourself. But you know, shout out to racism. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, I, I do wonder about that because as someone who speaks at workshops and conferences for a living, I wonder if you have experienced an increase of requests to speak on stages that were previously not as diverse.
1: Um probably but the thing is for my brand personally I speak everywhere. So I've never had a problem speaking in say white spaces or anything like that. My brand mm-hmm. goes everywhere. But I did notice an increase in influencer opportunities. So when when April rolled around and everybody was calling out black lives matter and you know people putting the black square when they don't know what the hell they're doing with that black square all of a sudden my DMs are full. Hey, boss babe. Um really These our moisturizer. Do you not see the skin? I don't need your moisturizer. But if I do get it, gonna <laughs>
0: attach 5k plus a promo code. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, you just killed me there. But it's it's really what happened. For better or worse, we've had Anna Mae Groves on, on the show, and for her, her platform just saw an... Exponential growth from that whole time period. Yeah, because I'm not sure what it is that awareness, there no. are pros and cons. No, it wasn't. There are pros and cons. It, wasn't it, it had nothing to do with awareness. I, I I don't
1: believe it had anything to do with awareness. It, actually, let me take that back. I'm about to shoot some shots right now. It was awareness that some of these brands and events were like, oh, shoot, we're about to get called out. So let's quickly diversify let's just fix ourselves. Like let's just wake up in the morning, call one, two black people and then chalk it up and say, good day. Yeah. No, that's the awareness that came because when Mm. people were approaching me, even the brand I'm wearing right now, she approached me. I want to send you some things. And I never just say yes to things. I always want to see how it's in alignment with my brand. And -hmm. then basically I was like, I'm looking at your stuff. It's, it's, it's hella white it's hella white. And she goes, you're hella right. I was like, yeah, that's right. And I told her before I even say out loud that I'm rocking your stuff, I need you to go on Instagram and tell the people you've been messing up. You go tell them because I'm not going to come out here and make you look like a savior. No, go fix Mm -hmm. yourself. So Mm -hmm. that's what I was telling people. You need to go admit that you dropped the ball. You've been dropping the ball and now you're trying to fix yourself.
0: So For me, the true mark is going to be long-term change. Oh, right. Not just change and dots of color on your grid during this time period, but long-term sustained change. Because that behavior pattern becomes your your habit, your existence, right, as a brand.
1: And that's why I was singing, will you still love me tomorrow on Instagram? I was like, so y'all going to love me tomorrow? You still going to ask me to use your moisturizer or, or not? Are we over that?
0: I will say. I love the fact that your being on Amy Potterfield's platform coincided with the launch of your Slay the Mic course. I thought that was amazing. Um, how did that fare for you? Did it?
1: I can't remember. I think it might have. I think I sold out before I got on her stuff. I don't know. I might have. I don't know. I, uh, COVID is all a blur. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, um, it happened. And you're right. It was, it was around a, the, the timing of it, but I think with or without Homegirl Amy, I would have sold out. Good for you. So Amy, 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 if you're listening, you know, we still tight. We're friends, but <laughs> you didn't do this.
0: <laughs> so if, if she listens, I'll be like, you were in the, the IG live. Like what? <laughs> no, no, no. She didn't do this. Um, I did this.
1: I just went on her feed and was, you know, introduced to way more people. But Mm -hmm. my success came from my hard work and not because an affluent white woman who has coin in her pocket showcased me for a day. Nah, 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 nah. Speak
0: on it. Plus different audiences, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, that's the thing. I don't look like the typical speaking coach to a lot of people. And Mm -hmm. so that was something that did came up. Um, And she wasn't the only blue check affluent coach who came and said hey i want to i want to showcase you but i made it very clear to all of those people i don't care if you have a blue check and coin i'm big with or without you
0: oof so and i love that i love that confidence yeah. and you know the thing is people Often will come ask me how I got to be so confident with speaking in public and speaking my mind just Mm -hmm. like you are. Mm -hmm. And I'm never quite sure what to say. And I think my response is sometimes a combo of, and I'm just, this is just the way I am and I've practiced at it. So first question there for you, Mm -hmm. how do you typically answer that question? And how were you able to distill that response into a course?
1: I think I... As much as I've been speaking, for as long as I've been speaking, I don't think I've been speaking my my honest truth. Um, I think I've just been existing and I've been speaking on what I need to speak on. And I've been opinionated. People know me to be opinionated. I don't even think I'm opinionated. I just said what I said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a difference. Um, but I think I had to overcome some of my personal barriers that Mm. were blocking my confidence in allowing me to speak my truth. And then when I overcame those personal barriers, then I was able to take that confidence and apply it to the real world. Um, And I know I started to notice the physical symptoms that I was experiencing when I wasn't speaking my truth. So my neck would get hot. Like I get physically hot. I'd have a headache, like my blood pressure, my heart rate would go up. And I'm like, why am I feeling these physical symptoms? And that's because I'm, I'm upset about this, or this is something that's pressing on my chest and I'm not speaking my truth. And the minute I started speaking my truth, did it make people feel uncomfortable? Absolutely. freaking Did some people turn their heads? You bet. But did I feel so light like a feather and I was able to sleep at night?
0: Hell yes. Mm. I'm sleeping so good. My goodness. That is the price of not being yourself. No matter what space you're in, yeah. it takes so much energy to not be yourself, to filter yourself. Yes. And I can understand why that would hinder you from being able to speak well.
1: Honestly, I really started owning this. I think I got louder when everything started to happen in COVID. Um, I was speaking at a conference at the Gem conference. We got to have a really frank discussion about racism and what's going on. And I made this point out loud. I don't even know where it came from, but I said for all these years, I've been labeled as the angry black woman. And it Mm -hmm. doesn't matter what I do and how I say it, I'm still labeled as an angry black woman. But for all you white women out here, and I'm, just, I'm only referring to white women because this conference was for women. I go, for all you white women out here who say, I'm not racist. The way you feel exhausted defending your truth is how I feel trying to convince you I'm not an angry black woman. Mm. The minute I said that, I was like, something just went off in me that I was just like, I'm, I'm gonna say whatever I have to say. And so I think I really started speaking my truth come April. And that kind of switched things
0: up a bit. Did a hush fall over the crowd when you said that? No,
1: because I said some other stuff after that. And um, yeah, I was at another event and they asked the question after I was done speaking. So Jim, do you have any book recommendations? I go, stop asking black people for book recommendations. I am, I'm not Indigo. I'm not chapters. Okay. I'm like, so what? You get your little book and then you get your little blankie and your cup of tea and you go in your little reading nook. And then what? You wake up in the morning, less racist? Anyway, stop asking me for book recommendations. Talk to a black person. How about that?
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I it just went done. off. It opened the floodgate. Yes. White women but, were but really, But really be yourself. Be your brand. That's all you could do. I can't be encouraging my clients to be, to
1: speak their truth, to own their voice, to say what they mean and mean what they say. And then I'm over here tippy-toeing because I'm trying to secure mm-hmm. the bag. hmm No.
0: Mm -hmm. So when people first come into your program, what tends to be at the root of the mindset barriers they're facing aside from what you've just mentioned?
1: Personal trauma. Sometimes I feel like I'm a therapist, Mm. but like personal trauma is the number one barrier. And then we have this activity in the program where I I ask you who your Kanye is. That's a whole other podcast right there. But um, I do that activity with them and it's like the floodgates open up. And then I get all these voice notes or things from people saying, oh my gosh, that's that's what it was. So it, it does feel like a therapeutic release, but then once they overcome that barrier or they realize what their triggers or their hindrances are, it's like they could just they can't stop talking.
0: I've heard you talk about finding your Kanye before and you use the example of when he went on stage to interrupt Taylor Swift to receiving her award. So how does one find their Kanye? And do, do I want to
1: find my Kanye? You the Mike program and I help you discover your Kanye. I'm telling you, it's a gift. Seriously, it's asking the right questions. I don't profess to be a life coach or a therapist or anything like that. Mm. I know how to ask questions. I know how to kind of dig deeper than most people are Comfortable digging, and then I'm able to pinpoint things somehow and find the source of what the barrier is. And then you just see that that transformation, or you see that person just feeling like, oh my goodness, that's what it is. And an example of that was I had a client. So this you can't see it, listeners, but the couch in my office is like the sleigh of my couch. Once you sit on it, it's like get out. You know, you just sink into the chair. Right. <laughs> and so I asked her. She told me at work she tiptoes. She 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 walks on eggshells when she's talking to her supervisors. And I was like, well, tell me about your, your, your childhood. She said, what does my childhood have to do with public speaking? I'm like, everything. Because that's where you learn how to communicate, express yourself, engage in debate, be praised, mm-hmm. be criticized, everything. Everything starts there. She's like, well, since you want to know, she's like, growing up, my dad had significant mental health issues. He was schizophrenic and bipolar. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. She's like, so one day I'd be telling him a story. And he would be laughing and we'd be having a really good time together. And then the next day, he completely flipped the script. So I always felt like I was walking on eggshells. And I go, excellent. Well, that concludes our session for today. I will, <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, it's, it's like right. that. It's, it's a great moment to witness for people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, I know for you, you've gone from coaching, one-on-one to coaching groups to now being on the corporate circuit. And I I just wonder from a business growth perspective, what are some of those adjustments that you've had to make in order to fully embrace those different stages of your growth?
1: Actually, I was on the corporate circuit first. Mm. Yeah. So I was doing, I was doing a little bit of coaching, but I was doing corporate events and event hosting. And then my coaching practice picked up and then I was still doing groups. So I was doing master classes and workshops. Basically, like I was trying it all. I wasn't putting mm-hmm. myself into like one category. And it only made sense when I noticed I couldn't coach as many people one-on-one as I wanted to. But I also didn't want to fall down this rabbit hole of evergreen. And I know mm. that's what everybody in the course world wants to get to, right? Wake up and there's just money in your account. That's not how my program works. My program needs me. In order for it to be the best, and sure that might mean I'm tired, but it's it's the beauty behind it. So yeah, it it started corporate, and then it got into large group course training,
0: which is cool. So what kind of adjustments have you had to make just from like an operations perspective to support that?
1: More sleep, (laughs) Um, more sleep. um, Hired an assistant to help with emails and doing little admin things because I was a one woman show. Um, Mm. I was doing everything. I was creating my content. I was creating my workbooks. I was handling my bookings. I was handling my contracts. I was negotiating my contracts. I, everything, every single thing that you see on my social media or put out there is a product of me. So I had to step back just a little bit and my assistant actually found me and she was like, Mm. you're nuts. Let's work together. And yeah.
0: <laughs> so for anyone who finds everything you just said appealing, who is interested in speaking professionally, yeah. where should they start? How should they go about finding clients' corporate opportunities?
1: Everybody thinks there's some secret recipe or some secret sauce for this. I get booked because I'm good. The end. <laughs> right. No, and, I'm, mm. and I'm being straight. I get booked mm-hmm regularly because I am good. I'm known to be good. My reputation says I'm good. I've been doing this for some time. I didn't just wake up, ask somebody for the secret sauce, and then get all my corporate gigs. So I think that's the element that people forget. They ask the question, and then you think, once they get the answer, boom, let's make it happen. I got where I'm at because I was putting myself out there. Before I started calling myself the slayer of the mic, I was telling people, I'm what your event needs bar mitzvah, christening, birthday, gala, corporate. You need me. Otherwise your event's going to be flop. That's a pretty audacious statement to make. And that's Mm -hmm. what works for me. So for those of you who are listening, who know you have a story, who know you have an idea, who know, who thinks they have the potential, what are you doing to convince people that you are worthy of their coins. What are you doing? And if you're just waiting for someone to come and find you, good luck with that. Because there's going to be six other people ahead of you who are hungry enough to go out there and declare, "I'm what your event needs," and in meanwhile while you're waiting, they're succeeding. So get up, mm. start talking, and declare that you are the person that people need to listen
0: to. Oof, I like that. I know in the past I've gone to conferences or events, met someone on stage and thought, You should come to my event. Mm -hmm. So at this point, is your reputation preceding you by way of referrals or is it online? People are seeing clips of things that you've done and coming to you in that way. Very organic and you're not really pushing anything.
1: I don't have an agent. I'm not a part of a speakers bureau and I've never pitched. So in a nutshell, receipts. Yeah, I don't. I thought in the beginning that I needed to be a part of a speakers bureau. Mm -hmm. I remember being so, so determined to get on the National Speakers Bureau, you know, like I got to be a part of that. I need those types of people to get me places wrong, wrong. So I would say 90% of my bookings are referral based. Um, Maybe the other five or so are people who see me in action, who, Mm -hmm. who remembered me and then they went and told somebody else and then that person finds me and then social media, so I don't. I don't even. Yeah, I don't have a speaker's kit. Like I had somebody reach out to me a couple of weeks ago, and she's like, "Oh my god, girl, we need you on our stage." I was like, "All right, cool. When is it? How much are you paying me?" Okay, these are the details. Is how much we paying you? Send me your speaker's kit. Why you? You're you're asking me. I'm not asking you. You, you already know. You're not. She's like, "Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, that's what I thought." So I have enough receipts proof credibility. I had a TV show Mm -hmm. for a few years. I have all these things behind me that I don't have to demonstrate that I am capable. And it kind of reminds me of like a quote that my husband taught me when we first started dating. He's like, work hard for your name for 10 years so that it could work hard for you for the rest. And I think that stuck in my head that Mm -hmm. I'm going to work so hard to create who I am that I don't have to ask. I'm being told we need you at our events. Mm. Yeah,
0: because people are meeting you now at the point where you have that momentum behind yeah. you but you know you what have some not people mm-hmm. there's some people who've been
1: riding with me from the jump like i put something out one time on instagram about my journey and this person's like i heard you speak six years ago i was like girl what like huh you know what i mean that speaks vo- that to me is the ultimate testimonial when someone's like i remember hearing you six years ago so yeah, that's, I'm very, very blessed, very mm-hmm. blessed. And I'm very proud of myself. Let me just channel Snoop Dogg right now. I'm really proud of myself that I tried things. I took risks. I put myself out there. I, I took those low paying jobs because right now the mindset is secure the bag, secure the bag, secure the bag, just so that you could go into Graham and go, y'all, I had a 6K month. But the question is, for those of you who are out here boasting you had a 6K month, what are the chances that those clients are gonna rehire you? Mm. Oh, and I oop okay. Because <laughs> the majority <laughs> of my clients are repeats three to four times. That speaks volumes. If you don't have that kind of relationship, then you gotta check
0: that. Mm, mm. So much said just in that, just in that sentence. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Huh. Let that simmer, folks. But
1: I know I'm, I'm I'm letting it simmer. I'm proud of that though, because Mm -hmm. I'm not classically trained, right? Mm -hmm. This is all instinct and gut and believing in myself and celebrating myself and just all this kind of self-discovery. Like I'm still learning. I'm Mm -hmm. still learning.
0: But you're doing it your way. You're not falling into the, this is how it should be and you're doing it successfully. A thousand percent.
1: Yeah. And you're, and you're right about that. Even in, in creating my course, um, I was working with somebody to help me kind of just get it started on the course platform on Thinkific. And she basically pulled out her whole like guidebook that she's done with other course creators. I was like, nope, 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 nope. Not doing that. Nope, nope, nope. And then she was like, "You taught me so much." <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, because she's like, "You." She she goes, "I've learned to trust your gut. Like you are incredible in the sense that, sure, that route worked for other people. That really guided me in making some really big steps and decisions to to get to that point. So, yeah, doing things my way. I'm sure some people question my my way of thinking and my style, but that's why it works for me. It's not in mm-hmm. everybody."
0: No, that's true. So now you've talked about all the different things you've tried. Where are you going next? And what does success look like for Jamie? Take a nap. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> I'm gonna
1: take a nap. Um, the next thing, first off, I don't have a plan. I've never had a plan. Um, when I have been asked what my five year plan is, I'm like to be alive for five more, you know, to have my health so I could see five more. That's always been my plan. Um, but in terms of next steps, um, Slay the Mike course is doing extremely well. Um, I don't want to change a thing. You know what I mean? Like, I think some people could look at that type of success and go, okay, let me charge more. No, I'm, I'm I'm quite comfortable with what my prices and I'm quite, quite comfortable with what I'm doing right now. And I don't believe in gouging people. So I'm not going to really change anything there. Um, but I am going to be launching some really cool things for Slay the Mike Jr., so that is my next focus before I launch Cohort 3 in 2021.
0: Junior being kids yeah. or Oh my yeah. gosh.
1: Uh, yeah. So I was the kid who got into a lot of trouble for talking. A mm. lot of trouble. My my teachers thought it was a problem. My mom thought it was a problem because they made her think it was a problem. And when I finally found my voice and was able to use it, it did great things. So because my background is in education. Um, I'm around kids all the time. So I know what it's like to be that kid who talks a lot, who's being silenced. And I think when we do celebrate children's voices, we only celebrate them in like, the excellence and eloquence competitions where it's speech writing and not, you know, encouraging kids to talk about their ideas or their feelings or using their voice as a form of self-regulation or using their voice in their community. Like you could be nine and being a change maker. So Slay the My Junior from when I started in 2019 was dedicated to amplifying student voices and creating a generation of children who speak up and have great things to share and for us to listen to, because essentially those kids who go throughout life, not being heard and being mm-hmm. silenced become my future adult clients. <laughs> so, That's true. Yeah. Way to build a pipeline for yes. someone who doesn't have a plan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. It's, I've been doing it a few times in the past couple of months and it's, just, it's beautiful. It's really beautiful to see.
0: Oh, well, I can't wait to see more about that. So for anyone who's now eager to hear you slay the mic wherever they can, where can they find you? Well, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at IamJamGamble. If you want to
1: know more about my story, you can find me at IamJamGamble.com. Jam isn't everything because I'm that sweet.
0: Oh, right? and I like, you have a T, you have a t-shirt that says toast is better with jam. That's and I right. thought that was so, so sweet. Oh, you know why I made that shirt, right? Why? Let me know. Oh, you
1: didn't figure it out? Well, let me know. Oh, okay. Well, so when I started say the mic program, uh-huh. um, obviously my major competition are groups like Toastmasters. So people, okay.
0: I have heard you talk about this. Yeah. Okay. So people mm-hmm. would ask me like,
1: is your program similar to Toastmasters? And I was like, Toast does what they do. But, you know, toast, like say that my program is
0: is what I do. And let's
1: be honest, toast is better with jam. So
0: uh-huh. look at you, miss. I don't have a plan, no brand strategy, but I really don't all know. of these things. I'm, I am so impulsive, y'all. I am so impulsive. And I it's been working for me. So it has been you're trusting your gut and your yeah. gut is taking you places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, jam, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you for having me. This was fun. I don't feel tired Uh, anymore. (laughs) Well, see, I can see the energy has returned and everyone's going to feel the energy. We never felt like you had to go take a nap. (laughs) No, no, no,
1: no. I am though, but this was great. And honestly, like to, to see a fellow Black woman in the podcast world, who is sharing stories and using your platform to encourage others is very commendable. So big class to you.
0: I appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. Hi, Offscripters. I'm so glad you made it to the end of this episode. If you enjoy listening to our show, please pay it forward by sharing us with your network. Between episodes, you can find me on Instagram. Our handle is at She's Offscript, or you can catch up on past episodes at She's See you on the next one.